Hi, I am Erin Frame. Uh, this is my first podcast. Uh, I've decided to name it Reframe Your Future. I is a, I'm obviously a realtor and I want to talk about how I found my, or I'm finding my sober bliss. So I'm getting used to kind of where to put my eyes. Obviously this is a podcast, but I'm also doing it as a video podcast. So I think that's where I should be looking. Um, but I keep looking at myself. <laughs> Anyway, so it's great to be here. I am absolutely excited about this. I have been doing a lot of videos uh, over the years with uh, community people. I live in Tucson, Arizona, so I'm pretty used to being in front of the camera. That's kind of why I thought I'd do a video version of this as well. Um, so I recently, I guess the reason for this podcast is I recently decided I needed to get sober. Um, I have... I've been a pretty heavy drinker for oh, off and on my whole life, but I'd say probably a good 20 years. I just turned 48 and, you know, I just got to the point where I couldn't really look at myself anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'd wake up every day and I, I wouldn't have a traditional hangover where I have a headache and, you know, I feel like nauseous. I'd just be exhausted. It's like my whole day was shot and I feel better about every other day because I, you know, would rest that day and start drinking earlier that day. So I guess I wouldn't be as hung. I wouldn't be as intoxicated when I went to bed. So maybe that's why I felt good every other day. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy how you can rationalize things when, when you're drinking. Um, I know everybody has a journey. I actually, since I've chosen to, to be sober, I have spoke to many friends who have already done this journey or have started this journey. And I had no idea. It's really surprising how people don't talk about it. It's like, it's a shameful thing when to me, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. It is it, the coolest freaking thing ever. I mean, I was saying the other day that I feel blissful. And of course I'll talk more about kind of my experiences up to this point, but I feel like I have my life back. I feel like you know, there's been this kind of glass ceiling, you know, um, that I've been dealing with that I haven't been able to break through. And I feel finally like I can do that. And I'll be honest, I just started on the first of the year. So what am I? 31, 32, 34, 5, 6, 7. So 38 days in. Um, so I think the pandemic maybe played a bit of a role in this as well. I, you know, uh, just being at home all the time, having to face myself all the time. It, it's pretty crappy. <laughs> uh, especially the money spent. I mean, I was a wine drinker and, you know, each bottle of wine, at least minimum 10 bucks. And when you think about that over a year, and I definitely was the bad influence when it came to, uh, my husband drinking as well. So, you know, New Year's morning came around and I had a plan to not drink anymore. And I found this really great um, kind of motivational coach, I guess. Her name's Carly Benson. I'm definitely going to do a tag when I do post this. I kind of started her quick little kind of a video every morning with an overview, maybe a meditation. Really simple. I mean, it might take me 15 minutes, but having her who's been sober for, you know, 11 plus years, I believe now, talking about how she got sober, how she stayed sober, all the great things she's been able to do with her life since then. I think that that's a big motivation for me to go on here. Also, I think it'll keep me in check. If I can keep on this, I can't look back 
and say, oh, look what I used to do before I started drinking again. So today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it is my first sober Super Bowl. Um, I remember a story. I'm a Seahawk fan, born and raised in Seattle, Washington. And when they were in the Super Bowl, the year after they won, I had drank so much that day. And I am so, was so good at hiding it. I could just go in the kitchen and take a swig off something or down two glasses of wine, walk back in there. Nobody would ever know the difference. I was so drunk. I was emotional. They lost in the last play of the game. It was a horrible thing for Seahawk fans everywhere. I cried and I just was sobbing. And then I just left. I would just was kind of known as the person to bolt out of the house. So I got in the car to drive and my husband got in the passenger seat and, uh, I tried to turn down a driveway instead of the next street. Thank God I did. So I got out and switched places with Mike and kind of blacked out after that. Um, Mike says I cried all the way home. <laughs> so just a lot of a lot of things, mostly things that most people didn't see. Um, people have often said, I've never seen you drunk. Um, I just really handled it well, or at least I had a great way of disguising it. So... We'll go more into kind of detail on on that, but you know, it's been hard. I, it's you know this it's it's been difficult. Um, every day is like a new challenge, a new thing that I have to do sober. The first time that I got together for a Seahawk game with my parents, um, I talked about anxiety. I mean, by the way, the one thing that goes away with when you quit drinking is anxiety. And not that you don't continue to get some sort of anxiety, but your anxiety is absolutely nothing like what your anxiety is when you wake up that next morning after drinking. So even if it's considered anxiety, it is not anxiety anymore. So um, so I've had some of those moments where that feeling of habit, I guess, and something kind of coming over me, like nervous energy pops up and I, I'm like, what do I need? And I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, I, I started drinking kombucha and I know there's a, a trace amount of alcohol in that. Um, you know, I thought I was a pretty serious case when it came to an alcoholic. I, you know, we'd get two bottles of wine a night. I might have some little bottles during the day. I might steal my husband's Tillamardew that he tried to hide from me. <laughs> and then he'd ask me, are you drinking my Tillamardew? And I'd tell him, I asked you first. And I didn't, <laughs> or at least I don't remember. Um, but I thought I was, that was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. I'd wake up at 3 a.m. Sorry, I think this is crooked every single night, you know, with massive anxiety and massive guilt. And I think guilt is just terrible. Um, but I was after a few days of kind of jitters and I think I was just in the right headspace too. You know, I, so like I said, I found kombucha. Kombucha kind of has this like medicinal kind of, uh, carbonation to it a little bit of a, I miss that kind of hard taste of, you know, alcohol or wine that kind of just hits you in the back of the palate and, you know, warms you inside. Um, kombucha doesn't really do the warming, but there's something that's been a pretty good replacement for me. I put it in a wine glass, uh, you know, and I've now gotten through a few, few football games and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I love my parents, but they're probably one of the most, challenging situations that I've, that I usually, you know, deal with, um, probably because I have been drinking so long and because I don't know who I am around them and they don't know who I am, you know? 
So I've actually enjoyed them so much more since I've stopped drinking. So like I said, this is kind of an overview of first podcast. I don't really know how long these things are even supposed to go, but, um, so this is going to be a journey. Um, you know, I do plan on kind of breaking it down a bit. I, you know, I, I, there's a lot to go through still. I mean, when it comes to traveling, that's fearful for me because I am a absolutely a wine. I'm a drunk on the plane. Like if I don't drink, I, I was going through claustrophobia and anxiety and panic attacks. And so my excuse was you have to drink. And I think the craziest part of that is I feel now after being so clear headed for 35 days that I think the alcohol was causing that. Um, you know, I would drink the night before cause I was nervous, just nervous. And then I'd wake up at three in the morning and then I couldn't fall back asleep again. And then I would start drinking at six in the morning, knowing I had a nine o'clock flight, get to the airport, drink more, get on the plane, drink more, drink more. Every time they drive, they walk by. Can I get two? Can I get two? Um, it's mind boggling. And then of course the guilt that comes with all that, you know, what am I doing to my body? Uh, my weight's up, you know, um, uh, sorry, low, low battery. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very excited about this. I, I, like I said, I've found several sober friends, you know, that I didn't know were sober when I went on my journey. And some of them have just really had a much, I think, harder time than me, you know, having to go to rehabilitation, um, having to make sure that they're watched while they're detoxing. Um, I thought that that was going to be me. You know, I, I truly didn't know. Um, when you hear somebody say that they've consumed a bottle of vodka in a day, in a weekend, you know, I've never, I've never done that. That's not true. I have done that when I was younger. Oh my gosh. Some of the stories I remember my first concert. I'm a total, I graduated in 1990. I'm a rock and roll chick. That's why this, this intro is kind of fun and rock and rollish. My first concert, I was probably 13 years old. I was a freshman in high school. I might've been 14. And I went with one of my best friend at the times with her and her brother, who was like the guy that drove the fastback Mustang. And needless to say, I probably should not have been with them, but I was, and I drank Jack Daniels that night. I smoked marijuana that night. I chewed tobacco and smoked cigarettes. And I just remember throwing up and it was Bon Jovi. I love Bon Jovi and I'm sorry, Bon Jovi that I did this, but I remember throwing up on the crowd kind of in front of me. We were seated. Like I was fucked up. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that if I need to do explicit con convo, but, um, I was a mess and it's just always kind of been like that. I mean, I re I remember just partying hard back then, you know, and of course then it went into, I don't know if my parents hear this, I'm, I apologize, but, um, I gotta be real. I don't even care. I am a person that as I've gotten older, I need to put it out there, but you know, drugs back in the eighties, early nineties in Seattle, the grunge scene, we were all doing everything we shouldn't. And at some point I'll talk more about that, but, um, I'm really glad though, that I moved on from that life, um, to the life that I chose because I've lost a lot of friends to drugs. I've seen a lot of friends just, it's just sad. It's truly sad. That was a real dark time, you know, and Seattle's history. I mean, people that aren't from there are like, oh, Seattle's so cool. You know, the grunge scene. 
but all I really remember about it was how dark it was, you know, the rain and the dark and the drugs and the guilt and so that'll be a story for a later time. I kind of have an interesting life. So, (laughs) but, um, you know, so I I do appreciate that there are a lot of different types of journeys. And one of the things I want to do for this, for this podcast is, um, I want to interview people who have had different experiences with sobriety, um, and hear their stories. You know, uh, I was talking to my marketing gal that, uh, by the way, I'm a realtor. So she does all my branding and all that kind of stuff. And we just had this great conversation about getting sober and it was just off the cuff real. Cause it was just a phone call. And at the end of it, she says to me, just so you know, I, re- I record my phone calls and I'm like, what? Like, you should have told me that first. Not that it would have mattered because I would have said anything it anyway, but it just kind of was like this aha moment. And she said, wouldn't that be cool if we could get this out there? You know, just like a real raw conversation about each person's different journey. And so we got all excited. We're like, oh, great. We have this, this audio of, of this, and I'm going to call it something awesome on my show. And, um, oh yeah, I didn't record. So now doing it again, I mean, I guess it will be a bit scripted, but probably not just because I, I'm crazy. I have people that say I have Aaronisms, which is just shit that comes out of my mouth. So, um, be ready for those. Um, one of the other things I'm super excited is that this whole, uh, uh, sober bliss thing just popped in my head one day. And, you know, anybody that I've, I've just been listening to a ton of podcasts lately and asking people opinions and people that are sober. And I, I'm like, should I be feeling this blissful this soon? And I'm like, Ooh, blissful. That's really great. So I'm hoping that I think that's going to be kind of my tagline is sober bliss. Um, And I just want to tell everybody that I'm sober, you know, and, and like I started in the beginning, I I think there are, um, a lot of people out there that are shameful, you know, AA is a pretty serious thing. You know, I, um, I went once with a very good friend of mine to AA and I, I'll be honest, I felt like I shouldn't be here. I mean, I'm listening to people. Oh my gosh. Like they can't keep their job. They, they've been in car accidents. They've hurt themselves. They've hurt their families. Um, and I thought to myself, girl, you have it so good compared to what other people have it, you know, and it's from what I understand about AA, it's just a much more structured, it's much more, you have to, you know, admit that you are a, um, you know, an addict or a, that you're, that you have no strength to alcohol that you, um, you know, and to me, I don't feel that, um, granted maybe my alcoholism wasn't to the level of some people, but you know, I think about all the times that I would go out and drive afterwards, you know, I felt fine in my own head, like, Oh, I'm great. Can you imagine if I would have had a DUI? Can you imagine if I would have hurt somebody, um, or hurt myself, what it would have done to my family, my friends, my life, my career. Uh, you know, I, I am truly blessed to, and so excited to feel like I'll never drink and drive again. And I, I, you know, it's a pretty powerful powerful feeling to kind of take your life back and, you know, um, instead of focusing on all the negative every day, when you wake up, what did I do last night? Why did I drink so much? Why do I feel like this? Um, why is my heart racing? What kind of damage did I do to myself? (sighs) 
what don't I remember about last night? You know, I, to not have that and wake up clear minded, clear headed every single day. I'm starting my day off now with this, you know, morning time, um, morning ritual, I guess you want to call it. People have their names and it is amazing. Like I just, I go into my bedroom. I have a new kitten that we got after the, after the pandemic we adopted, I bring him in there and I, it's a very white, clean bedroom. I have a view outside and I'm in Tucson, Arizona, like I said, so the weather's beautiful. The skies are perfectly blue. And I, I sit there with my fuzzy pillow on my lap and my computer. And I listen to Carly Benson. I make notes of all the things that I should be, you know, kind of tuning into and things I might want to go back to. Um, I I told myself that I hated meditating because I used to work at this place called Canyon Ranch and it's a very spiritual, it's really a place for a bunch of rich people. And which is fine. They pay a whole lot of money to, for people to tell them how to meditate and how to eat healthy and how to work out. And don't get me wrong. If I had their money, I'd probably do the same thing, but working there, I got a chance to take advantage of these things, but I wasn't in the right headspace for it. I think back and I think what a great place that would be to be now and be able to take advantage of like spiritual journeys and meditation and all these really great things. Um, but you know, I, I tried a meditation once. I've never been so irritated in my whole freaking life. I, it just literally just like, Oh, just this feeling in my body. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. I have to, I, what am I doing sitting here? And it actually ruined my day. And then not too long ago, I think I was spinning out a bit with everything. And, um, I had a person in a management position at my real estate company, um, tell me that I, I should look into meditation. And I got so defensive. I was like, who are you to tell me what I should do? Who are you to tell me that I I clearly need to meditate? (laughs) I looked at him and said, I've tried to meditate. It doesn't work for me. (laughs) And I've always thought of like people that meditate as like spiritual, like beings that I didn't want to be. So I think that... I think there is a stigma when it comes to somebody who's sober, somebody who meditates. Um, but I, I, you know, you don't have to be like everyone else. If meditation doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I got to say, it's amazing with a clear head, how much different I feel about it right now. Um, that buzz that I get inside me when everything is flowing. It's like, I can feel my blood. Like, it's just insane. I can feel my heart. I can feel my, my soul kind of, you know, um, anyways, it's, it's a lot, you know? So, um, uh, my, my goal is to just kind of share my experiences, maybe post some things that I am finding that is working for me. Like I said, have some uh, people on my show, maybe that have been through this, but I also want to bring experts on my show. Um, in my real estate business, I do a lot of community interviews, like I said, and I get to meet a lot of really great freaking people. And I recently met a gal that owns a local gym here in town and I actually started working out last week. It's been so long and she's helping me with my nutrition. And my plan is to have her on my show. I want to have, um, I have another good friend's daughter. That's a Reiki master. She does a lot of like, um, readings like astrology. She has her astrology person on, uh, she does meditations. Like I'd love to bring her on here. Um, you know, and as I get to know more people or maybe just think about things that really could benefit, somebody trying to get sober or stay sober. Um, I think that, uh, you know, these are people that I'm going to bring on my show. 
Um, you know, one other thing I was on a walk the other day with a good friend of mine who's also sober and she's, you know, she's, it hasn't been easy for her. You know, she's sees sobriety as, a. a maybe, uh, like I said, a bit of an embarrassing thing. And I just want to break that. I want to just shout it from the rooftops. I'm fucking sober. I am sober. I'm sober. I'm sober. And I just want, I want to wear, I'm going to have shirts made. I'm crazy. I'll give them away, whatever, whatever. Uh, but I want to get a, a brand uh, called, you know, uh, Sober Bliss. And I want to start wearing this to my workouts and wearing a hat that says it. So it becomes like, wow, she's admitting she's sober. Okay. You know, um, I just, I want it to become an it, the new it thing, you know, and I've kind of noticed that a bit. And it's funny because I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time because I'm always just wanting to share things with people. I, if I believe in it, you'll buy into it. And I don't mean it like that, but it's like, I have a passion. And when that passion gets kind of pushed out into the world, people start to feel it. And, um, I just really hope it becomes a prideful thing. Uh, and someday I'd love to do like a, maybe do a public speaking. That's by the way, this is first episode, but that's one of my biggest goals in life and my biggest fears in life. But I really, truly, you know, what's weird with this headphone. You can hear my dog bark and he's, she's way far away, but, um, it's fearful, but I think if I'm spreading something as wonderful as joy, um, uh, confidence, uh, you know, showing people that you can do great things. You can stop drinking. You can break that glass ceiling. You can achieve things that you thought you weren't capable of. And that's one of my, I should write that down. Um, cause glass ceiling, big topic. All right. Anyways, um, also if you have topics or you have questions, like I can't wait at some point, I hope to do these live, like as I get followers and things, um, and where was I going with that? Um, oh yeah. So I'm hoping to do like retreats or something. I know this is crazy, but I'm putting it all out there in my first episode because they say, I'm going to manifest it. You know, I'm going to put it out there in the universe and I'm manifesting like a motherfucker. That's what I keep saying. I think I'm going to need that explicit label on my, on my title, but, um, and yet again, sorry, mom. So that's, I guess a bit about it. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I, my journey is different than everybody else's journey, but if I can help anybody feel better about their choice to be sober, um, and I know people feel good. I mean, they're like, wow, I went sober, but like I said, I'm just finding there's such a stigma, you know, and I have a friend who I just adore and I talked to her recently and it was the first person that I told that wasn't in my family or, um, wasn't already sober that I wasn't drinking. She said she was coming into town and she'd love to get together with me maybe for a drink. And I had to tell her I wasn't drinking and it was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but then I felt good about it. I'm like, own it, girl, own it. And what I did was, um, I, she, I went once I told her that she said, well, then let's walk Sabino Canyon on Saturday. And I said, that sounds amazing. Needless to say, she didn't call me and I'm okay with that. Cause I think that for me, my sister-in-law, um, she takes sober breaks and she would be able to, you know, have a bloody Mary with no vodka. And she just, it seems so easy for her. And, I, and I have recently told her this, I didn't want to be around her. Nothing that she had done wrong at all. Um, but 
I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could be my drunk self. I didn't feel comfortable drinking as much as I normally did. And so because of that, I didn't, I didn't want to, um, socialize with people who didn't drink like I did. You know, I love to find those friends that I could just sit back and be on my second bottle of wine and they don't say a word and they're doing the same thing as me. So I guess I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping because I haven't been in these situations yet that I can go to these events with friends. Maybe I can be that really cool sober driver person that I never saw myself being, but I don't want to lose friendships over this. I, I mean, if it is what it is and you know, everyone's got their journey in life and their destiny. Um, but I think I'm a really good friend too. So We'll see how it plays out. So I'm planning on doing at least one of these a week, maybe two. I'm not really sure, uh, but I'm going to post this. I have a great guy that's going to post these things for me to uh, Spotify and all those places. And I'm going to also have add this to my YouTube channel. So I guess I'll talk more about what those are because, of course, right now I don't even know names of these things. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed my first show. And next time I hope to, I will continue to look here instead of here. Um feedback is, is appreciated. I mean, it is what it is. It's who I am. You can give me feedback. If you have questions, uh, that's great too. Uh, I'm not going to change who I am though. And the more I am who I am and I'm putting it out there, uh, gosh, this feels really freaking good. I guess I could say freaking instead of the other word and keep this a little bit more PG, but, um, yeah. So until next time, everybody find your sober bliss and have a wonderful day. Peace out.